So I want to talk to you about um, pride and humility today. Just bear with me while I get my notes up. Okay, this, this leads to a lot of confusion. But I'm going to give you a couple of verses just to start you off. Um, in James 4 verse 6, it says he gives, gives us more grace. This is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Okay? The same sentiment is actually in 1 Peter 5 verse 5. It says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, that's always been a verse that, that has made me think because I don't want God as the opposition. I don't know about you, but I don't think I win. So if God's opposing you, you're in trouble. Yeah? Fair comment? Anybody disagreeing with that? You think, no, I'll take him on. You know, it's not, it's, it's, be all right. It's not, no, it's not, it's not a smart idea. No, if, so if God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, I want to be in the humble category. Because actually, not just grace. Grace is not just about forgiveness. Grace, grace is actually the unmerited favour of God, which releases all the resources of heaven to us, independent of whether I've deserved it or not. It's quite a good deal, isn't it? Really. So God wants to give grace to the humble. So I think, well, I need to stay humble. So here's the next question. So is it wrong to be proud? Yes, no, not quite sure. What do you think? It's, it, it's confusing, isn't it? Because you're not quite sure how to answer that question, are you? Because if, if you're honest, it's a tricky question to answer. And even in the Bible, it makes it more tricky. Okay, so, um, so let, let's go down here. Galatians 6 verse 4 says this. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself. Okay? Oops. Now, it helps you because it goes on to say, then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. And I, I try to unlock this thing because I think it, it, this, this is quite confusing because I think we can get scared of being proud in the right way. But if we embrace pride in, in, in a wrong way, we're in trouble. Okay, so... Is it wrong for me to be proud of my children? No. Because what am I taking pride in? Somebody else. People I love. Now, okay, if my pride in my children leads me to run others down, what's happened? It's wrong. Yeah, because it just tipped over a line. Because, because pride in one person shouldn't run anybody else down. And this is really helpful. It says, I can take pride in myself. I'm being encouraged to take pride in myself. But without comparing myself to somebody else. Okay? And um, so let me give you some other verses. That, that, that uh, Psalm 10 verse 4 says this. I've been studying this a lot. So this is just a... Throughout, you can go away and study it as well. But um, I've been enjoying my, my Bible study on this this week and last few weeks. It says, Psalm 10 verse 4 says, In his pride the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. 
That helps me understand what pride is. Okay? In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. So what is that saying? That pride, that's a bad, bad pride. Yeah? Being proud in a bad way. So what's that saying? It's saying that, that basically, I know it all, I don't need God. That, that is the root of pride that I can do without God. I don't need him. And um, the theology, theology around the origin of, of, of Satan, Satan is a fallen angel, we know that, so he was one of the exalted angels. But uh, the, basically theology would, would lead us to, to, to conclude that, that the reason that he was thrown out of heaven because he wanted to be above God. He wanted to be God himself placed himself above God. That is pride, where he said, I don't need God. I'm sufficient in myself. Okay? Ezekiel 28, verse 2 says this, which is actually one of the um, passages that's thought to actually refer to the origins of Satan, but it, um, it can be talking about man as well. It says, Son of man, say to the ruler of Tyre, this is what the sovereign Lord says, In the pride of your heart, you say, I am a God. Little g. I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas, but you are a man and not a God, though you think you are as wise as a God. Okay? So when people place themselves in a place of God over their own lives without any reference to God, that is pride. And that is to be avoided. In Obadiah 1 verse 3, it says this, The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? I'm self-sufficient is what it's saying. Self-sufficiency is not a good idea. Do you need other people? Yeah, we all do. Do you need God? Yeah, the admission of that is, is, is important. That if you think you can get away without reference to God, reference to other people, you will dip into pride. Now, here we goes. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says this, Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over against another. Now there's another interesting dynamic of, of, of pride, is where we actually take pride in one man. And this, the context of this, um, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3, is actually where they're arguing whether they're of Paul, Apollos, or Cephas. Now that, the, the, they go into this argument of who's the best leader. Basically, no, I'm with Paul, he's the best, obviously. No, I'm with Peter, he was with Jesus. No, I'm with Apollo, he's, he's the best teacher we've got around here. And, and what, what goes on there is that the, the people break up into factions according to their preference. Yeah? And, and, and it's actually called foolishness. And in the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says very clearly that all these people who are gifts have been given to the church. So, are there any gifts that make somebody superior to another person? 
You're not quite sure I know how to answer now, are you? All over the place. No, they're not. Okay. Because your gifting does not give you your status. Okay. I'll say this. I've said this ever since I started leading the church 26 years ago. I do not regard myself as more important than anybody else in this church. I just have an influence that means the decisions I make tend to be more influential. That makes sense? That's what leaders do. But it doesn't mean I, in myself, am more important than anybody else in this environment. If I believe that I'm superior to you, then I have become proud. Okay? And leaders in this, this environment are not superior to other people. They just have different opportunities to serve. It was Terry Virgo years ago who helped um, with a little saying. This he said: "He said the further you go in leadership, the more people you serve." That's it, basically. Not not the higher you get; it's just the more people you serve. So, how about this in two Corinthians seven verse four? This is what what um, Paul said to Corinthians: "I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged." Okay, so working out what is okay pride and what isn't okay pride is really actually important because if you don't get the idea that you can be proud of your children or proud of yourself, you will actually run yourself down. Does that make sense? So yesterday morning we got a phone call early. (laughs) phone call goes 7 o'clock in the morning, which is not usually what I want on a Saturday morning, um, stir. And uh, it's, it's our daughter who's in Indonesia trying to get hold of us. And um, who knows that when you've got phone call at that time in the morning from somewhere in the other part of the world, it's not necessarily the most welcome intro, intro, introduction to your day. Anyway, she kept phoning up, and eventually she says, well, I don't want you to worry about me. You think, okay. <laughs> Why, 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 might we, why might we be worried? <laughs> and uh, she was cheerful and chirpy. But basically, she's actually traveling around Indonesia at the moment. And a volcano has gone off in Indonesia. And she was on a boat traveling from one island to another. And their boat got, got affected by volcanic ash. So she was near enough to be touched by it. She said, anyway, so she thought, now this is really good communication because she's telling us, because we didn't know anything about it, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I would have picked it up anyway, but I was, <laughs> so I would have probably been happily not worrying in the first place. But <laughs> and anyway, later on in the day, she actually sends us a Facebook message and stuff like that and saying she's got it all worked out. And I thought, actually, I'm really proud of my daughter. She's brave. She's courageous. She's doing all sorts of stuff. And, um, and you cope with something like that cheerfully is quite something, I think. Just had a volcano explode over you. and Got pretty big, impressive pictures. I went on the internet after that to look. <laughs> As you do. Wow, this, this volcanic explosion, the ash has gone up 12 miles high. I thought, that's a, big, that's a pretty big explosion. How close were you? 
Do you know what? I delight in my kids. And that's right pride. And the problem of getting it wrong is you will not delight in what you should delight in. And that, that can be a robbery of getting this, this wrong. Because actually, the, 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 what I find is the fear of, of, of God opposing you can actually keep you from actually understanding how pride can work well. When pride is a delight, and, a, and it, it releases joy, then I believe that's the right thing. But it should never be a comparison. So I'm proud of my daughter. That doesn't mean to say I'm comparing her with yours. Does that make sense? No, I'm not running anybody down by saying I'm proud of my daughter or my son, my grandkids. Okay? I want you to be just as proud of your kids as I am of mine. And we just heard something this morning that Father God and Jesus are proud of us. That's why it fits in. Thank you, Christine. It was good, you see. It's got good he sets you up. So is he more proud of one of us than the rest of us? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Absolute. You are as well. How many favorites has he got in this, this crowd? Yes. <clears throat> that, we'll laugh about it, but so many Christians struggle with that. There's, there's a song that I love singing, but it actually Again, it creates questions. Is no one else can love you like I love you. No one else can love you like I love you, Lord. Now, if you, if you process that through a lens of comparison, basically you're saying, my worship's better than anybody else's. Okay? But if you process it through a lens of I'm unique, So nobody else can give you what I give you because I'm unique. And the problem is, is, is avoiding comparison. So here's some thoughts. If pride is a pride leads the wrong pride. Okay, wrong pride. Right pride. Wrong pride leads to. A sense of superiority. Okay? So, you me on this, I believe I'm superior to you, or I'm superior to God, or, or you know, my kids are better than your kids, and this, that, now that. Um, what's the right reaction or response, not reaction, what's the right response to feelings of superiority? What, 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 so this is a right, I'm asking for a right response as opposed to a reaction because I believe there is a reaction that happens that is equally problematic. Okay, so what's the, what's the often reaction to feelings of superiority? Feelings of inferiority, feeling I have to actually somehow make myself inferior. You with me? In order to get out of superiority, I have to sort of abase myself. And somehow make myself inferior. I tell you, that is completely wrong. Because what you've just done is you, 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 you continue the cycle of inferiority, superiority. 
Because if you make yourself inferior, somebody has to be superior. So the correct response, I believe, to when superiority knocks on the door is actually equality. Does that make sense to you? So are we all equal in God's eyes here? Yeah. Does he love us all the same? Okay. Okay. Does everybody need to be born again? Yeah. You need to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Everybody. It's fair for everyone. Jesus is the only way. It's, it's what makes it completely fair, isn't it? I just think it's wonderful, the gospel, because it just equals it all out. Same for everyone. You need Jesus. And without him, you can't be born again. And you need to be born again to enjoy the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So, humility. What is humility? I want to then suggest to you that humility is not abasing yourself and making yourself somehow feel inferior to, as a reaction against pride and superiority okay because we need to get humility right because there's a lot of false humility around which is just as much a problem I think false humility is actually pride because false humility basically will will deny um, your strengths and who you are so has God enabled you to be with him in higher places Okay, so let me find another. Uh, James 1 verse 9, I think, is really helpful with this, okay? Come on, we're really whizzing through this fast. James 1 verse 9 says, The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. Okay? But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. That's kind of confusing, isn't it? So which position are you supposed to be taking? The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a flower. I would suggest to you that we have to occupy both. What does it mean? Okay. What high position can you take pride in? Being a child of God. Good. Okay. So... (coughs) Who got you to be seated with him in heavenly places? Who gets the credit for that? Jesus does. So has he elevated you to be seated with him in heavenly places? Wow. So can you take pride in that? Yeah, because what you're doing, you're taking pride in Jesus and his achievements and what he's elevated you to be. Has he elevated you to be seated with him in heavenly places? Yes. What happens if you deny that? You think, oh, no, not me. I'm not good enough for that. What, what's, what's, what, what are you denying? You're denying the work of Jesus. Okay. And if you think then you're putting your mind above God's, you're denying the truth and the truth sets you free. But what it's also saying is actually this, we understand, need to understand the frailty of our humanity. So we, we, we can't do without him. Although I'm rich, and we just talked about being rich, actually I need him. So if I think I can do without him, 
Okay, so, so the fact that he's elevated me to be seated with him in heavenly places is something for me to delight in. And, and, and I, I delight in what he's done in my life. And I, I'm proud of what he's done. Yes? Thank you, Laurie. <laughs> because he's elevated me there. But actually living on earth, here and now, I need him. And I want to use my life to serve him, not to actually use this as a superiority card over other people. Is that making sense? Okay. So, what does it mean to be humble? Well, Jesus was humble. Did you know that? Matthew 11:29 says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus declared himself humble. It's a bit of a shock. Declaring yourself humble is usually a self-disqualification. So... I want to suggest to you that humility, if, if, if Jesus was humble, Jesus wasn't trying to find his own sin. So humility is not fundamentally about being sinful. So humility is not about searching for your sin enough to feel bad enough about yourself. That is not humility. Jesus didn't feel bad about himself. He didn't search for sin to make himself feel abased. But he was aware of the limitations of his human existence. And he learned obedience, it says. He learned things. The willingness to learn and develop, for me, is the key to humility. You haven't got it all. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Are you willing to keep learning? Are you willing to realize that actually God's got more for you than you've already got? If you weren't here last week to hear Robert's Lead and you missed a treat, get it on, the, get it on off the website. He, he was actually defining humility for us without saying he was defining humility, which was actually the willingness to keep going and catch the next wave. Even if you've had a real ride on, on the one that's just gone. doesn't matter how big... The wave that you've just ridden is, there's another one to come. And what pride could do is say, wow, look at that. Oh, I just rode that wave. Look at me. And then you can set up a little monument on the beach. Put your surfboard there, put a little shack around it. People pay to come in and see what you have achieved in the past. Now, it's not wrong to actually have enjoyed that. But you know what? most surfers are still doing they're not interested in coming into your museum they're riding the waves and you know what the other side of things is it doesn't matter whether you fell off your board on the last wave how many of you ever tried surfing how many of you never fell off? <laughs> it's tricky. You will fall off. 
If you try and surf the wave, you will fall off. That is not failure. That is progress. And humility, when you've fallen off something, is a willingness to get back on and try again. Rather than be so damaged by the shame of so-called failure that you leave yourself in isolation forevermore. The devil would love to play that game with you. That is not humility. Humility says, actually, Jesus, you've elevated me to the highest place. Maybe I didn't do so well last time, but I'm going to get back on that board. Will you hold my hand? I think he's surfed with you. How about the three-legged race? Does that fit in? I'd like to be in a three-legged race with Jesus. How many of you fancy him as a partner? Competitive bit comes out of me now. <laughs> I reckon I could win with Jesus. But, but it does bring, it brings in all the comparisons. Actually, how many of us just be happy to be linked to Jesus in a three-legged race? Just for the sheer fun of it. You know what? Somebody might beat me to that line, but they haven't walked with Jesus. I've just got the best experience ever. In James chapter 3, we'll finish with this. It tells you how you can get true humility. And it contrasts two sorts of wisdom. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? James chapter 3, verse 13. Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So if you want true humility that sits alongside true, true pride, good pride, okay, the two go together, then you need to get it from heaven's wisdom. But there is a different source of wisdom out there called human wisdom, which actually comes from a completely different source. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And that is one of the problems of comparison. It, it can lead to envy. And envy has no place in our spiritual lives. I don't want you to envy me or Kim. I hope my life would be an encouragement and inspiration for you in terms of the faith. That's, that's what your life's meant to be like. It's not meant to be a comparative race. But you can live a life that will inspire other people. But if you get caught up in comparison and selfish ambition, you will get into trouble. It says this, the wisdom that comes down from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And again, I'm not going to go through that. I've preached on that before. And if you want to go back and look through, then 
uh, sermons that we t- preached about this, this source of heaven's wisdom, and I've also written about it in my book, then these are the keys to actually understanding, I believe, what humility looks like that comes out of heaven. Okay, so I'm going to land there. We're going to pray. God gives grace to the humble. Should we stand together? Jesus. <clears throat> if you're fearful of being proud, then you're already playing the devil's game because he's the one who produces fear. Okay? There's no fear in love. Okay, does God love you? So he doesn't want you to be frightened. Perfect love casts out all fear. So I don't want you to be frightened of being proud. I want you to be aware. But I want you to embrace true humility, which sits alongside the ability to delight in everyone and everyone's achievements. So, Father, we pray for wisdom from heaven to invade our lives. Father, we resist... The wisdom that comes from a different source which will lead us into comparison and envy and even selfish ambition. And Father, we we embrace the fact that you've raised us up to be seated with you in heavenly places and we delight in that. We also understand the limitations of our human frames and that we need you and we need each other. And Father, we pray... Holy Spirit, keep coming to us and pray that you would speak to us over and over and over again. But we want to be tied to you as in a three-legged race. Not disabled, but walking and running with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat>